Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I'm Dr. Ray, and you're watching the 5 Before 5 show. Having these conversations points out to you in good ways and bad ways that you might be coping. That's right. You know what That's I mean? Right. Because you're not outside of yourself to look mm. and be the judge of whether or not you're handling it well. I think that if each one of us look into ourselves and really ask that question. I, that will alleviate some of the hostility and animosity between family members who are Muslims and non-Muslims at the time of death and burial. We have to think outside of the box in serving the Muslim community. Alhamdulillah, I have a returning guest uh, for today's episode. Um, inshallah, we're going to be talking about uh, issues for women in the Latino community, especially as it relates to sisters who are accepting Islam and then uh, in one way or another are moving too quickly toward getting married and sometimes ending up in problematic marriages. Uh, uh, Alhamdulillah, I have Sister Nahela Morales here uh, with me again. Alhamdulillah, returning. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. And uh, inshallah, she's going to share with us some of her insights around uh, what are some of the issues that the sisters are going through, um, her ideas and her insights on what are some of the solutions in terms of supporting the sisters and, you know, what are the things that you should know to protect yourself and to keep yourself safe from entering, um, to protect yourself from entering into problematic relationships. Um, and so I want to thank the sister, first of all, for coming in. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. And my first question for you is, uh, what is it um, that you're seeing in the Muslim community, specifically for uh, young Latinas who are accepting Islam in relation to marriage? <clears throat> I think one of the biggest problems is that we enter Islam and we're told immediately that marriage is half our deen. Yes. In essence, it is, mm -hmm. and we all know that. But with that comes responsibility, knowledge, before you enter these relationships. Correct. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest problem there is, mm -hmm. that most of these sisters, whether they're young or much older, I think that's irrelevant. Um, they don't even know their rights as a Muslim woman, uh, when entering these relationships, therefore they don't know how to deal when the problems arise. Correct. And, and you know, believe it or not, you know, uh, I was so pleased to have you come on and talk about this issue because I've had other sisters come on and, um, you know, inshallah, we're going to have brothers to come on as well to talk about some of these marital issues. It's a very hot topic in the Muslim community. Everybody only wants to talk about marriage. Um, but it seems to be a very big issue amongst women from all different ethnicities coming into Islam, uh, where they're being pushed or encouraged uh, a little too uh, quickly or without as much growth and emotional maturity or even Islamic maturity toward marriage and they're marrying brothers who tend to have um, more wherewithal within a religion, number one, and also in a position to somehow um, uh, benefit themselves in a marriage more so than they're benefiting mutually in the relationship. Uh, what have been some of the things that you've seen, for example, happening with young Muslim sisters accepting Islam and then kind of getting into marriages too quickly? I think one of the largest phenomenon is the internet marriages, overseed mar marriages. Mm. Um, you know, when you enter Islam, and I'm I'm talking for myself mm -hmm. uh, foremost, um, 
because it actually happened to me. Subhanallah. Um, so I'm actually a living experience mm -hmm. of that. I was very new into Islam and I meet somebody, I go overseas, I marry him. I'm thinking that it's forever because that's yeah. really what I, my intention was. Mm -hmm. um, little did I know that it was for a green card. Wow. And we're talking about a few years ago now you're seeing it more and more and not it's not a specific country per se it's uh -huh. just it could happen to anybody yeah and it's from all over um the world and so it's a, it's a problem in and of itself but but now it's becoming more widespread yes in the latino community as well i mean most of these women are vulnerable most of them are divorcee yeah and they have children mm. so within our latino culture you know, we're seen as secondhand kind of women. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mashallah, when you enter Islam, you know, we see our beloved Prophet um, that he married widows. He married, you know, yeah. women that actually needed to be taken care Correct. of. So we see it as a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. mashallah, which it's supposed to be a beautiful thing. Correct. Because it is half of our deen. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, you know, because they're so vulnerable and, you know, they're dealing with other issues such as family, uh -huh. rejection, you know, a complete new faith, mm -hmm. complete new dress code. I mean, so much stuff that they're dealing with. And now the peer pressure, the pressure of the community. Okay, you're single. Now we need to marry Get you. Get married, yeah. So I think that's that's the biggest problem that there is right now, that we need to focus more on educating the sisters, on taking care of whatever baggage that they have brought yeah. with them entering Islam before you even mention the word marriage. Marriage, right? And so, yes. you know, what it sounds like you're saying to me is that culturally, you know, we, we see this in a lot of cultures, number one. Right, that culturally divorce is hard because then the, the the sister has the trouble of getting remarried. Men don't have this problem. Right. Right. Women have this problem because you know, it's seen as well, you know, you're some baggage from some other person's relationship. And when you come into Islam, you're coming into it almost with the emotional heartache of, you know, not feeling wanted, not feeling sought after, not feeling valued or important or you know uh, the object of someone's potential affection in the future next thing you know you meet a man and he's interested in you and it's part of the religion to 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 marry women and to take care of them and support them and you know if if it feels like a godsend in a sense inshallah and so emotionally it, there's so much relief involved i imagine um that you're you're rushing toward these kinds of relationships and you don't know that the person's intentions are not the best for you um, could you tell us a little bit about your own experience with this happening to you? Was that the circumstance or, you know, what were you thinking and feeling as you met this person? Um, again, being so new in mm -hmm. the religion, um, you know, we have the notion or the misconception that if we marry a born Muslim, mm -hmm. He's going to teach us everything about the religion. Correct, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you're going to have your mentor, husband, yeah, slash yeah. everything. Yes, you're well, living shit. Exactly. Yes, yes. But that's just a misconception. Yeah, yeah. And that's just in a perfect world. Mm -hmm. It would be that. And do these men present themselves like that? Most of the time, yes. I've heard many sisters <laughs> entering into these relationships, you know, because there's so many men out there offering to teach them Arabic 
number one or to learn Arabic or the Arabic language or, you know, as soon as they know, you know, obviously if you have a Hispanic mm -hmm. last name, they know either you're a revert mm -hmm. or, you know, you don't know you Arabic. You might only be a couple generations into Islam. Right. At all, yeah. So, um, I think that tactic is used more and more today. Yeah. You know, and I get it all the time on my Facebook page. If you want to learn Arabic, you know, I'm free. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then if you're new in Islam and you're, you, you come from, you know, you're coming from a difficult background, you see as, oh, some, a personal teacher and yeah. I have three kids at home and I don't need to go to a masjid to learn. Mm -hmm. So your intention may be pure. Correct. But you don't know what the other side is really yeah. intending to do. So I think um, we need to be careful in, in that aspect. Can you talk a little bit about the emotional toll that, that you've seen it take on young sisters who find themselves in these situations? Well, for one, many of them leave Islam. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think, very, very, very drastic yeah. Yeah. Um, altogether. And it's something that needs to be taken very serious. Mm -hmm. um, because just, I mean, it's our responsibility as well, uh, you know, to help these sisters and not providing the correct education prior to looking for mm -hmm. marriage, you know, um, instead of encouraging them to get married, how about giving them a book about marriage, about what your rights are, about what it entitles. Having a halakha <clears throat> at the masjid to, exactly. support, to support the sisters. You know, I mean, are, are sisters falling because I imagine there's a lot of emotional, I imagine there's a lot of emotional heartache associated with it. Um, are sisters falling into depression or? They are. You know, are Aside they... from falling out of Islam, obviously there is depression. The self-esteem goes down the drain. Very quickly. You know, yeah. and then you have your mothers, if they have children, if they have girls, you know, how are we going to raise these future Muslimas? Yeah. yeah. So I think it takes a toll all around. Can you talk about the fact that the children might be hurt, you know, seeing their mothers, number one, suffering, but they might have also become connected to this man who was invested in a relationship to some degree and, and then has up and left? From my personal experience, I mean, it takes a huge toll on the children. Yeah. You know, um, alhamdulillah, you know, I raised my son to understand that the qadr of Allah is mm. what we hold on to. Yeah. And things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. But then you have your mothers that, you know, may even put the blame on the children. Oh, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. they go through that. So mm -hmm. it becomes more of a tragedy, mm -hmm. you know, and it can you know, be held on for generations at yeah. a time, mm -hmm. you know, so if this man walks out on me, you know, it's normal. It's almost normal yeah. for, you know, an eight, nine year old boy and he can do the same thing. Correct. So it's a big problem. Or taking the blame you yes. know, from the parent who says, oh, I am somehow responsible for my mother's suffering. Right. Um, and, and you grow up emotionally carrying that as a young boy or as a young girl. Uh, what do you think contributes to mothers blaming their children? Obviously, depression, yeah. um, you know, because, again, and I'm talking, you know, from a Latino's perspective, um, you know, growing up in, in or, or listening to my aunts, listening to my cousins in Mexico, you know, again, women are almost as secondhand if they have children, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that alone puts a burden on the children, yes. you know, so my mother is not going to be happy or find somebody because she has me. Correct. So that's, again... There's something inherently bad about them being. Of existing, yeah, subhanAllah, subhanallah, which shouldn't be yeah. that, you know. They should be um, looked at as 
a form of hasanat. Correct. You know, you raising right. a child that's not yours, it's actually a blessing with them. An opportunity. Within. Yes. You know, a, a religious opportunity for you, inshallah. Yes. So it, it does take a toll also on the children. Um, and it's very important to tackle that aspect yeah. of, you know, when things do go mm -hmm. wrong. Um, and, you know, make it about... Don't make it about the children. Yes. Make it about the actual problem and, you know, take it to the next level where, you know, for example, myself, I said to my son, you know, it's the qadr of Allah. Allah is the one that controls everything. You know, we make dua and then we move, we move yeah. on. But again, I guess it's every situation. It's different, especially if the mother is not in that mentality. Correct. And you're also <laughs> talking about somebody who's very new in Islam, right. you know, who might be bringing on some of their old own emotional stuff but then also it's hard to put things in that religious perspective if that's not the religious perspective you have exactly very new it's hard even if you've been raised in islam and steeped in the religion and have a lot of knowledge because you know what i found is that our knowledge doesn't really equate to emotional resilience no. it's just knowledge yeah. you know one of the things uh, specifically that I, I wanted to ask you about is what are these sisters coming to you and saying to you specifically about the circumstances that they're experiencing when this does happen to you well unfortunately um they blame islam yeah altogether mm -hmm. so you know they hold they begin to hold a grudge on the actual religion itself yeah you know so what i try to explain to them is that islam itself is perfect yeah. and there's no modification need mm -hmm. needed but muslims we are imperfect, imperfect and we are human beings and therefore we will make mistakes that inshallah we will be held accountable yeah. you know are people responding to that when you're when you're saying this a lot of times they understand they understand it because they know that we're human beings, intellectually, obviously. Intellectually, yeah. it makes sense, you know. But emotionally, it's not yeah, clicking. It's, it's very it doesn't hard. make sense. The, the reason I'm asking you this question, I always like to say the reason, the reason, the reason. And, and it's really because, you know, what we're talking about here is sometimes the, the emotional and the intellectual connection between our religion. And this is what, the, you know, where I was going with my comment earlier about, you know, sometimes it's hard to make that leap. You know, whether you're new in Islam or been in Islam for years, that our knowledge is sometimes is just exactly that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. And. How do we start making emotional appeals or, or, or um, attending to the emotions of the sisters who are coming in? And could you talk a little bit about how you speak directly to their emotions when they're coming into you with all of this heartache? Well, I try to, you know, look at their qualities. Yeah. I think it's important, you know. Um, one of the things is that once they start blaming the religion, you know, I always say you were chosen from one mm -hmm. of billions of women mm -hmm. to enter this beautiful faith. That alone is hope. Yes. You know, so let's focus on bettering yourself, Correct. on you, on working on you, you know, and I, I think that's very important because the self-esteem is starting to build again. Correct. 
And then, you know, you go into the religious aspect and you become to understand why things happen the way they do and stop blaming yourself for one, you know, the religion for two or your children. Um, You begin to understand, again, that it's the decree of our creator and that everything has been written down since before we were born. Correct. So when you start linking things to that, you know, and detach some of the emotion it all becomes clear. Yes. You know, helping them work through the emotions, I imagine, is, is very, very important. You know, the, the one thing that, that you mentioned is blaming themselves. How do you help sisters work through blaming themselves for whatever a brother might have done or said or even just leaving the family altogether? Well, we got to look at the situation altogether. You know, if somebody just walked out cowardly, it's obviously about them, not about mm-hmm. you. And that person will have to respond to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that alone gives some type of ease, right? That there is a day of judgment. Mm -hmm. You will be held accountable. So telling the sister this, it's kind of like, okay, it happened in dunya. Wait till we get to akhirah. And that Allah is on their side. Exactly. You know, because sometimes as human beings, we try to make sense of our world. We try to make sense of our experiences. And it tends to be very egocentric. Yes. Like with children, you know, in any circumstance, whatever happens in a child's life, the child will almost always conclude that it was their responsibility. Your parents separate or anything like that. Your parent is having a hard time in their lives. You kind of make yourself responsible because you don't know much else in your world besides you. And as adults, we don't realize that we do the same thing. Yes. That when we're hit with a calamity, we tend to blame ourselves or look at how we're responsible for it because it's our effort to make sense of what we're going through. Um, and we forget that a lot is involved in all of the things that we're going through. And we also forget that sometimes, especially when we when we're blaming ourselves, we forget that a person's bad intentions were bad intentions before they met us. You know, and I think that's something very important to to, to underline. Right. The fact that sometimes, you know, there's very little that you have done in a relationship to cause a person to do whatever it is that they have done that has been emotionally catastrophic. Right. That whatever it is that that they had in mind before they met you was in the works a long, long time before you showed up and a long time before you made even whatever mistake you can hang your hat on. Say, I did this or I said that or, or whatever. And that pushed this person out. That person might have had intentions to leave in the first place. And then your mistake was just the reason that they latched on to to leave. Can you share with us some of the insights that you have into what sisters can do to to protect themselves from falling into these situations? I think it's very important to see the red flags. Uh There's a lot of red flags out there. You know, Um, recently a sister, I believe she's 55. Mm -hmm. And she met somebody online who's 26. He's in a different country. Mm -hmm. And she came to me and told me, I met the man of my life. (laughs) I mean, alhamdulillah, (laughs) you know, we have the example of Hadijah, may Allah be pleased with her and Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And there was about a 15-year gap there. Correct. But his intentions 
We're Great. completely different. What drew her to him in the first place was his character. Absolutely. Yes. And knew him, mm -hmm. worked with him. You know, he yes. was yeah. he was actually <laughs> dealing with her finances. And, and A long time before the marital relationship began. Absolutely. Yeah. You met this person through a screen. Mm -hmm. You know nothing about his family, his character, anything. So how can you say this person is the man of your life? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we have a protocol, alhamdulillah, when it comes to marriage. Yes. And it's so beautiful mm -hmm. that we as women are protected. Now it's up to us to use it. Yes. Most of the time we don't. How come? <clears throat> we need, like you said before, <laughs> we, need, we need more resources for one. I think calicas are very important mm -hmm. and to talk about these type of subjects. Yeah. A lot of these subjects are almost taboo. Yes. You know, we're supposed to know all this stuff. And we don't um, want to show people that we don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That or also, you know, people don't have the patience nowadays or are too busy to show us these, these steps, yes. you mm -hmm. know. So I think it's very important to see the many red flags that are there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the huge age differences. Um, I think also uh, when it comes to, you know, goals, are your goals the same, the same, similar. I mean, when you come into a marriage, you have to look at the bigger picture. Akhira. You want to, you want to end up with this person in Jannah, inshallah. You know, so are you just looking for a temporary mm -hmm. fix? You know, um, is this person even, did this person even ask you about your Wali? You know, yes. <laughs> I mean, these are, these are just the protocol, the little things that really are very important. What has this person been doing before they met you? Exactly. And, and what are they doing now? you know, in their lives at this current moment when they, when they do meet you. Um, our, our sisters sometimes so much invested in finding someone and meeting someone and getting married and, and having a relationship that they're willing to overlook some of these things. It's kind of like uh, the cost of wanting to be with someone. You know, I've mentioned this before that some sisters, you know, when they, they, they believe they won't get ever, ever get married. And so when they meet someone, even if they see a lot of faults and red flags, they're going to stick with that person because who else am I going to marry? And it's been a year, two years, three years, five years between my last potential partner and this guy coming along. I don't want to wait. A lot of brothers go through the same thing, mind you. Is that a part of sisters somehow like overlooking some of the red flags? And, I'm, you know, if you could kind of speak to that. Many times, yeah, absolutely. The red flags are overseen because of the impatientness of wanting, you know. And obviously, I mean, it's part of being a human and having needs and necessities. I mean, every situation and case is completely different because mm -hmm. sometimes it's a financial <clears throat> burden that you're you're looking, you know, assistance for. And I and I've seen this a lot in reverts, subhanallah, which is very sad. Um that sisters get married because they need to get out of their house. Yeah. Uh, sisters get married because they have children to take care of. Mm -hmm. And it's just any Joe that comes, you know, by, it doesn't matter. They, they don't really look into it. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. Yeah. Um, you know, many times, you know, they don't do it the way we're supposed to do it. Yeah. You know, they do it fast. I mean, I've heard of Nikaz, just him and I in the computer oh, yes. in front of a screen. <laughs> you know, we recited Al-Fatiha and that's it. Halas, yeah, we're married yeah, and yeah, so much more, you know, yeah. starts evolving. Look at what we're willing to innovate in our religion. To have a partner. To have a partner. Yeah. The, the faster, the quicker. But it says a lot <clears throat> about our emotional needs then, right? Because we're not, we're not doing this for no reason. It's not coming out of nowhere. We're not innovating because we desire just to innovate. 
sometimes our wants are so strong, our emotional needs are so strong that we that we want them met and we need them met right away. Um, and and what is it like then for the sisters who are coming into this religion um, in terms of helping them stay patient, helping them take I don't like to say patience because sometimes we that has the wrong connotation. But how do you help sisters take their time? Um. Alhamdulillah, nowadays we have so many classes in terms yeah. of Al-Maghrib and, you know, different. So I think it's very important, again, knowledge, you mm -hmm. know, acquiring the knowledge. So when, you know, Mr. Wright comes, inshallah, you know, you know exactly what to look for. You know, on top of that, I always tell them, you know, dua is amazing, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, now in Dua, I remember taking a class one time, be very specific what Correct. you're asking for. You know, um, I remember the teacher saying, most of you ladies say, yeah, Allah send me a, a, a husband. He sends you a husband <laughs> and, you <get laughs> and you get whatever, because that's what you asked for. Be very yeah. specific yeah, yeah, in yeah. your Dua, you know, which means that you have to know what you're looking for in the first place. Right. right. And be very specific. In order to know what you're looking for, you have to know who you are. Yes. And, and, and. What has been your experience in helping sisters get to know themselves better, both religiously, but then also even personally? How do you get to know yourself better so you know what you're looking for and what your needs are in a partner? The transition that you do, you know, when entering Islam, this is the time that really we need to focus on ourselves. Yes. And I think this is when we will acquire the other half of you. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> the other half. Exactly. What What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to be? Who are you willing to be? What do you yeah. want? What are you looking for? All of these questions. This is your time. Who do you want to be as a Muslim? Exactly. What are you looking for in a husband? Yeah. No, but yeah. you. Like, yeah. are you really even ready for this? Correct. You know, sometimes. Were you ready before you accepted this? Exactly. Why are you looking for this? If you you haven't even learned how to pray, this guy's not going to teach you how to pray. <laughs> You know, this he is doesn't your pray. yeah. He doesn't pray. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. This is another problem that happens yeah, yeah. so much. Yeah. So you know, um, so I think it's very important during this this transition, you know, of evolving because you're like a brand new baby. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Mm -hmm. When you that's say La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, that's it. Correct. You're you're on a brand new slate, new page. This is really for us to build yes. ourselves, yes. not only our iman, but make sure put our emotions in check, make sure to know, even psychologically, where are we with ourselves? And so instead of brothers swarming the sisters that are accepting Islam, we need sisters to be more actively engaged in swarming the sisters that are accepting Islam. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, more and more and more because I work in the, in the, in the industry, you know, of reverts, you know, and more and more, as soon as somebody takes Shahada, it's almost as if they're waiting at the door. Okay. Yeah. She's Muslim now. Okay. Can I get you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that needs to stop. Yeah. It really needs to stop. We need to give the sisters, you know, the time they need. And like you said, we need to actually involve them more, right. you know, provide this. I think resources are there, but a lot of times they don't know about, yeah. about these resources. Um, I think we need to engage them, yeah. you know, just invite them over and just show them who you are. A simple conversation. You Spending get to know time. somebody. Exactly. Um, Ramadan is around the corner. You know, take this mm -hmm. time to really help a sister build Correct. during this time, spiritually and mentally. And inshallah, during this this period, this is the perfect time to really check yourself. 
Correct. And, you know, look for somebody or know Correct. what you're looking for. You know, what comes to mind, two things come to mind. Number one is we're preying on the sister's desires, right? Her own natural desires to be intimate, to have a partner. To, you know, again, when we talk about intimacy emotionally and physically. So a sister's attracted to a brother and he's like, we got to make this right. We got to do it the right way. Right. Right. And the sister, of course, is going to say yes, because you kind of play on her desires. You get her, you know, really interested in you and all of those things. And then there's only one way to do it. And marriage, of course, is the right direction. And you want to lead her down that aisle. Um, and then, boom, you know, you get what your intentions actually were in the first place. And the second thing that comes to mind for me is this concept that I have been saying for years now. Um, he's not what you don't want. And if I'm going to explain it, and inshallah, if you can tell me if you had any experience with this, um, to say he's not what you don't want is that sometimes sisters, um, you know, they don't necessarily know who they are um, and they don't know what they're looking for in the husband. They only know what they don't want in the husband. Right. And so and because you're only really focused on what you don't want, you kind of meet a brother and you're not looking at who he is. You're just checking off the list of. Is this what I don't want? Is this what I don't want? Is that what I don't want? And if he doesn't have any of the things that you don't want, if he's not a serial killer, if he's not an axe murderer, if he's not a criminal, you know, okay, there's nothing wrong with him. So I'll marry him. Um, have you have you had any experiences with that? I think the expectations, you know, nowadays are also beyond. Yeah. You know, and I think, yeah, you, you got it right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the expectations also are are pretty crazy out yeah. there where we're making it very difficult amongst each other because you may have a righteous brother, you know, good brother with mm -hmm. the best intention. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you're looking at that one thing yeah. that you don't want. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful with you. Correct, Why correct, aren't you correct. merciful with that? You know, the Quran is, is amazing. You know, the thing that may be good for you, you don't want yeah. <laughs> and vice versa. And so I think it's very important to understand uh, ourselves again yeah. and understand, you know, what we want and what's really out there. Are there sisters struggling with with um, being attracted to or invested in relationships with brothers who they perceive to be too religious? There, there has been, I think um, there has been, but I think nowadays, you know, the liberal uh, you know, yeah. we're looking at that because yeah. you're a revert and because you have so many struggles, you don't want a Salafi that's going <laughs> to be, you know, on <laughs> your case. You yes. Yeah. So it's difficult, I think, for both parties yeah. at this, at this, you know, in regards to this. I think it's very difficult because, you know, Islam is easy. Islam is easy. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to make it easy yet Correct. we make it so difficult and we don't realize somehow you know sometimes how we are actually doing them yes <clears throat> you know if if you can talk about some other common themes you see happening with sisters that they can um pay attention to to protect themselves from falling into and you know i don't want to make this all about overseas relationships where they don't go well or brothers are only marrying them for green cards because there are brothers in our masajid, you know, sometimes who are marrying sisters who don't have their best intentions at heart or sisters who are getting married too quickly, even with the right brother who might not be ready for marriage, even himself. Um, what are some of the other things you see for sisters that, that they should be paying attention to or thinking about? I think sisters also need to, um, you know, 
when when they're looking for somebody i mean obviously i think referrals is very important mm -hmm. and we don't take that serious yeah. you know we kind of take it upon ourselves to do inve investigation and um we need to ask around and that's that's one of the things i see oh well i met this brother at the masjid so yeah. it's halal yeah, yeah, we met at the masjid mm -hmm. but then we met at the coffee shop <laughs> solo yeah, yeah you know and i'm the best wali for myself yeah yeah um well, you're doing, you're falling into the trap Correct. already here at home. You know, there's, yeah. again, there's that protocol where you need to do things right, yeah. step a by step. A man who is his own lawyer has a fool for a client. Right? Exactly, <laughs> kind of thing. So I think it's important to see these minor things yeah. as well. You know, if somebody's going to tell you right away, you know, can I, can I, can I see you outside of the masjid? Yeah, yeah. You're like, wait a minute, you don't even know me and we're going to be together. The third one is shaitan. This mm -hmm. is not part of our deen. You know, our deen is very specific in to, terms of how. So to, to pay attention to a person's intentions towards you in terms of even early on in a relationship. Very early on. You know, I like to say that in relation to how that's evidence of how willing a brother is to protect you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's important. How far is a brother willing to go to protect you or to take care of you or to make sure that you're okay? Of course, he's protecting his own self, you absolutely. know, but, but beyond that is, you know, you want for your brother what you want what for you yourself. Yourself. You want for your sister what you want for yourself. And so if he's encouraging you, he's not only protecting himself, but he is also having a, a mind to protect you as a sister. And, you know, I like to say, and this is a, a you know, something I try to get a lot of people to pay attention to. It's easy to resist the temptation of other people that you're not interested in, right? Meaning if a brother invites you out or a sister invites you out to something that's haram, that you yourself are opposed to in the first place, you're going to find it easy to avoid it. Uh, but when you're invited to something that you like or that you're called to or that you're kind of given to as a desire um, that you have to protect yourself from, those are the hardest things to resist. You know, it's kind of like the brother who you're not attracted to, him inviting you to a coffee shop is he, brother, you know, this is incorrect and we should do this Islamically and da da da. But, you know, and you should be approaching Mawali. But if it's a brother who you're interested in or attracted to, it makes it much, much easier. Um, to be susceptible to saying, okay, because it's more in line with, yeah. with your own desires. And that's something important to pay attention to. Yeah, as, it's very as well. important. It's very important to pay that attention. Um, I think another thing also to pay attention is, you know, and be careful um, because I see it over and over is the peer pressure, the, mm. the pressure you know, amongst each other, Correct. you know, I hate to say I'm single because yeah. I have a lineup of, Oh, I'm going to pair you up or I'm going to match Correct. you up. You know, how do you know that I'm ready or how mm -hmm. do you know that I'm looking? You know, I think this peer pressure or this notion that we have to marry that sister. And I've heard it Correct. over Correct. and over and it's over. It's our duty. It, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter as long as they're age compatible and so-and-so it's a match, Correct. do it. And sometimes I've seen it. I've seen it actually. They do it because of the peer pressure or because yeah. this person talks so highly about the brother or the sister and to. they just go into the marriage Correct. and it falls apart because There's they no didn't do the homework. No, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's very important also. Um, we as a community, we as, you know, the Ummah, we need to step back a little and, you know, don't make it such a, our, our problem or our business. You Correct. know, it is important because it's very important. But um, 
I think we need to step back a little bit in that, in that sense and, you know, understand and ask there's, there's, that's why we have a voice. Correct. Ask, are you looking, you know, don't assume because you don't know where that person is, has been Correct. or is even ready to do. Alhamdulillah. You know? So I think it's very important and also to, to look at that as, as a whole. Thank you so much. You know, as always, I enjoy our conversations together and your and your insights are, and experiences are always so profound, sister. May Allah continue to reward you and, and bless you and, and help you make things easy for the Muslims in our communities. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uh, Allah.